Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. But that crazy for me. I feel like, uh, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone. I'm, I'm not disputing what you're zone. saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing that? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in Hogan and Johns with you. Let's get closer and closer to the NFL draft. Dan Pompey will join us today. He's got some good feature stories, as always, but on a couple of prospects with some local ties that could be in play for the Bears. So we'll talk about that. What's going on, Johns? Yeah, warning. If you're one of those Bears fans that's not into Peter Skronsky, this podcast may not be for you. <laughs> yes. But, I'm not saying stop listening, but listen. Yeah, but yeah, just, but, just giving you a warning. You know, Continue to listen. But if you're an Illini fan... This podcast could be for you. And if you're for some reason in the Venn diagram of don't like Skaronsky and don't like Illinois, then maybe this is not the podcast for you. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to some other guys. I promise. <laughs> maybe just a little bit. I yes. promise. But, but yes. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, and uh, happy Masters Thursday to everybody who celebrates. Um, Let's get this thing over with so we can start watching some golf. <laughs> Thank you. Hurry uh, up, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start, though, the show today with a piece that Mike Sando has on The Athletic. Make sure you are subscribed, if you're not already, on theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns to get all of the Sando stuff, the Pompeii stuff, the John stuff, the Fishman stuff. Um, there's plenty to chew on, but this was an interesting piece that Mike Sando had quoting some anon- anonymous executives across the league recapping every team's free agency um and uh just so just some quotes we'll we'll read off and then react to but this is what some executives had to say about what the bears did in the month of march and one executive telling sando quote the bears are interesting because people are like do they really have to go all in on off-ball linebackers but in matt eberflus's system those guys are pretty critical the good thing is they have a plan. They had a ton of money. There wasn't a top-heavy free agency class with a lot of big money guys you are dying to get, and adding DJ Moore is better than any receiver you are going to get in free agency. Um, another exec says you can only focus your you can only put your focus and energy into so many parts of the roster when that type of deal is not done yet. That's on the timing of the trade that they made. And then the one uh, critical piece, which I, th- I think is fair and worth talking about, um, another quote, if I'm a Bears fan, I'm still pretty pissed that we lost the, 32, uh, the 32nd overall pick in the draft for Chase Claypool. 
How bad does that move look now that you had to include DJ Moore in the number one pick trade? Had to include or wanted to include? Yeah, but I think what they're getting at is if the Claypool trade had looked a lot better now, then maybe you wouldn't have been so interested in DJ Moore or been that motivated to have to add a wide I I, I, I get it. Um, that being said, you can't look ahead. There's no way when Ryan, uh, Ryan Poles made the uh, Claypool trade at the trade deadline, he didn't even know he was going to have the number one pick at that point. Uh, t- so he didn't have any idea that there was even going to be a chance to make a trade like that. And on top of that, he knew the reality that he was staring at anyway in March, which was not a great receiver group to go out and sign, not a slam dunk uh, receiver group in the draft either. And any rookie wide receiver is going to take some time. They had to get Justin Fields help. So I, I get the criticism, but I also understand that it's not perfect criticism because you can't, you can't forecast these things. And he was trying the best he could at the trade deadline. Still, they got, we'll all, we're all in agreement. They got to get more out of Claypool. Yeah. Well, I think we're in all agreement that the Bears need to give Justin Fields help yeah. last season during it. Right? Like, I, I just felt like at that point in the season, you saw glimpses of his potential as a passer. Forget the running success. We knew that was there all season. But his potential as a passer was starting to show up. He needed help. So Ryan Poles went and got him help. Let's not forget the feelings in that moment. Yes, there were some questions about Claypool, why the Steelers trading him, even though they routinely invest in wide receiver. But at that point in time, I think most agreed, at least here in Chicago, if we're going to go by Bears fans' opinions, most Bears fans would have thought at that time that Justin Fields needed help and he got some in Chase Claypool. Like That was the logic at the time of that move. Yes. The frustrating thing was that he didn't get a ton of help and, you know, the rest of the season. Did it become help? Yes. Yeah, it didn't yeah. really become the help that well, they were hoping. he got hurt. Fields got hurt. The offensive line was always hurt. And then they got the first pick out of it. And then circumstances, situations, scenarios change. And then you get DJ Moore. Yeah. And we'll see what the draft capital all looks like once they finally get to that second round on that Friday of the draft. Because you know what's my favorite part of those quotes you read? Hmm. They have a plan. Yeah. Like the rival executive, whomever this person is, can see that the Bears are like, oh, this this makes sense. They must have a plan. <laughs> right? it, it's like some. Uh, this is different. They have a plan. Well, it, it's 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 like a it's a compliment when it shouldn't be. You know what I'm getting? At? <laughs> you know, but I I do I do think that it's interesting that there is an executive out there. Um, who clearly understands sort of what I think Poles and Flus are getting at, which is, yeah, they didn't spend, they had to spend money. They didn't spend it necessarily on the key positions that you thought they might, but they went out and got the best players they thought were available in the, in free agency that they felt like were spending on, even if they ended up with a surplus of linebackers out of it. He or she, whomever it is, understands what the Bears are doing. Right, and I get that there are questions about making long-term investments in off-ball linebackers. I understand that, but at least this person recognizes that. Oh, yeah, it's not just about the money and the person; it's the the scheme and the coach. This makes sense. They must have a plan, and I like that plan. 
Yeah, so good stuff from Sando there. Make sure you check it out on the Athletic. Um, he, you know, that's just the breakdown he had on the Bears. It's also interesting to hear the Panthers side of that. And then if you're interested in all the teams and sort of how they're being viewed at around the league for the moves that they've made or not made so far this offseason, that's all there for you on theathletic.com slash Hogue and Johns. Um, as always, available on the Athletic are the fantastic. Feature stories from Dan Pompey, national writer for The Athletic, friend of the show, longtime Chicago guy. Dan, thanks for jumping on with us today. Well, it's good to be with you guys. It was good to see you in Phoenix at the NFL meetings. And uh, it's an exciting time of year, especially in Chicago, right? When you got the top 10 pick or you make a big trade like that, uh, of course. Um, Dan, can we start with the piece you wrote? A while back, I'm Peter Skronsky. You know him very well from Maine South over here in Park Ridge. I like the pick. Like any mock draft that has Peter Skronsky there, like I like it. I get it. Fills a need. Great player. But a lot of Bears fans don't seem to like it. Can you just maybe take us through your background with Peter quickly? Well, it's really an unbelievable story for me because I've known Peter since he was about four years old. And, uh, met him uh, through a, a Bible camp at school and at church, I should say, with uh, his parents, uh, became good friends of mine. And uh, his father and I coached a soccer team that, that Peter was on, my son Michael was on. And uh, anyway, I've seen the kid grow up and I, I know everything he's about. And uh, I would uh, bet heavily that he's going to be an outstanding NFL player. I bet he was that one big kid in the soccer game, right? Just kind of like running everybody over. <laughs> yes, yes. He, he was always a real big kid. And, and uh, you know, um, at a very young age, just real thick kid. And, and one of the, uh, you know, one of the best athletes at any, anything he did, he was, he was able to play up with other kids. And, you know, people sometimes think, well, these offensive linemen, they're just big, you know, that, but, but they're athletic too. And in his case, you know, I, I think he's got – Great feet, which I saw again at, at an early age, and uh, he's got great ability to move around, which you know can compensate for uh, those short arms that everyone likes to talk about uh, and, and dismiss him because of. Dan, I got to see him uh, when I was still doing sidelines for Northwestern, make that transition from Maine South to the Big Ten, and just step in from day one at, at left tackle, which just doesn't happen. It really does not happen a lot. You, I mean, even these highly recruited tackles that go to, I mean, look at Paris Johnson Jr. went to Ohio State. I mean, he started at right guard, uh, and I don't even think he played right away as a freshman. So it's just a very rare thing to do. Um, and I just remember from standing on the sideline and not only seeing what was going on on the field, but also literally the offensive line meetings on the sideline during the games, how much that they immediately trusted him and felt like he was an anchor there. Um, because you know knew him so well at Maine South, what do you remember from that transition he made? And uh, did it as well as you knew him? Did it still surprise you that it went that seamless going from Maine South to the Big Ten? Yeah, I don't think you really expect any kid to go from uh, high school to the Big Ten and become an immediate starter who is a, a real success. And Peter wasn't supposed to do that. You know, Rashawn Slater was supposed to be the left tackle at Northwestern Peter's freshman year. And uh, Rashawn ended up deciding late, it was the COVID year, decided that he was going to, 
to go in the NFL and he went in the NFL and he had this hole at left tackle. You know, I think initially the plan was that Peter was going to either be a backup or maybe they try him at guard a little bit, see what happened. And uh, then they had this need. He went out there and he killed it from, from day one. And uh, he was a really good player as a freshman and he's been a really good player uh, every, every year he's been there. And he's really, you know, he's excelled at every step, every stage of his development. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's rare to see a player who's got as many snaps as he has throughout his entire life where, you know, almost all of them have been really outstanding snaps. And it's in his genes too, right? It's, it's in his, his blood, his DNA. Can you maybe take us through the, the connections while they're to, to the Packers of all teams? Yeah, so his, uh, his grandfather was Bob Skaronsky, the left tackle of the Lombardi dynasty. And he was uh, one of the two players that Lombardi himself picked to be his captains, the other being Willie Davis, the Hall of Fame uh, defensive lineman. And, uh, yeah, Bob was, uh, you know, he was a stalwart uh, with the Packers for many years. Bart Starr, um, he, when, when Bart was, was uh, around and, you know, really sharp. He would call those of us who were on the Hall of Fame senior committee and try to lobby for Bob Skaronsky to be a Hall of Famer. That's how much Bart Starr thought of him. And he thought, you know, he was the he was the player uh, who blocked for him, who was most deserving of being in the Hall of Fame, who was not at that time. So um, and, th- and then Bob's son, Peter's father, his also name is Bob, who's my good friend. Uh, he played at Yale as a defensive lineman and was a four-year starter, heck of a player, all conference at Yale. So uh, it definitely is in Peter's blood. When, when you write this story, I'm curious, like what type of feedback do you get from some of your friends around the league who are researching Peter Skronsky, who have him as one of their top offensive tackles? Like what type of feedback did you get? And what have you heard about his, I guess, his draft status? Yeah, that's an interesting question because I, I did hear from people, uh, I've heard from, you know, coaches and scouts and people, different levels of organizations uh, who asked me a little about him. And uh, I had a number of people uh, say, do you think he'll last to our pick? You know, I can tell you there, there are a lot of teams that really love him and he's not going to be around very long uh, if he, especially if he, uh, you know, if he gets past that area where the Bears are drafting. So, um, you know, I think um, it's like I said, this was an unusual situation for me where, you know, I, I know as much or more about a prospect uh, as people in the NFL. Well, we know they research them that far back, too. So it doesn't surprise me that they would they would call you um, before we get to Devon Witherspoon, too, because you have a story up on him that was really fascinating. And, and we're also talking about a possible top 10 pick there with him. Just what do you make overall with because because every time I look at Skaronsky, it's like he he in many ways and there is no such thing as a perfect prospect because there's always something but he checks pretty much every box except for the arm length. And what do you make of that, especially when you talk about the Bears and we know how much this regime puts an emphasis on those athleticism scores, which he has, but also length and he doesn't quite have that like how would you how would you approach that if you're the bears and try to plug them in if or or do you just pass because he just doesn't have that length well i think you know really you have to look at the game tape to me that says everything if you feel like uh, his arm length showed up 
in a negative way when he was trying to block, block pass rushers, especially pass rushers with long arms, uh, then you'd say, well, knock him down a little bit, or maybe he can't play left tackle. But if he handled those pass rushers and he was able to compensate for whatever he lacked in arm length with foot quickness and technique and strength, which, which are three areas where he excels, well, then you say it really doesn't matter as much. You know, I, I know this. I think it's easy to overrate some of that stuff um, because, you know, we, we've seen how many players uh, in the NFL in Chicago who've got perfect bodies for their position. They, they check every box. You know, they've got uh, arms that go up to their ankles or something, and they can't play. You know, it, it's about whether or not they can play. And I think it's easy sometimes to lose sight of that, as strange as that sounds. And uh, Peter can play. There's no question about it. Well, that's a good segue into your next story in the Von Witherspoon, because it's kind of similar, right? Top 10, top 15 talent, but it's not arm length. It's called weight, right? He weighs 183 pounds, maybe 190. So tell us about him a little bit. Yeah, he's another guy. You know, he's been uh, kind of underrated and overlooked his entire life because he's just a small guy. You know, he's not he's not short. He's 5'11", but he's always been thin. Uh, when he started playing, he didn't start playing football. He was a junior in high school. He weighed about 140 pounds at the time. Uh, showed up at Illinois, he was about 150, and he's steadily gained weight. Uh, but his his lack of bulk has never impaired him on the field. Um, he's a big hitter. He's a solid tackler. And he's a guy who's been able to uh, cover physical receivers and stay with them man to man. Um, you know, he's he's a rare guy in that I think you could like him if you have a man to man scheme or if you have his own scheme, because man to man, he's got the, the coverage skills, the athleticism to stay with receivers, I think, of all kinds. And then uh, as his own corner, you know, he's got the instincts to be able to read the quarterback and, and make a break. And then he's also got the tackling ability that you love to see and the hitting ability that you love to see in his own corner. So, um, you know, if you could get past the fact that, you know, he's not six foot two and 210 pounds, uh, like maybe, uh, I don't know off the top of my head what Christian Gonzalez is. He's a, he's he's close to that. Bigger. He's bigger than that. Yeah. What, is he, what is he? 220, whatever he is. Um, you know, yeah. If, if you could get past the fact that he's not that ideal size and just look at him again as what is he capable of doing? What has he done on tape? Because uh, he was outstanding last year for Illinois. Uh, then, then you'd say, you know, this guy is probably going to be a, a very good pro player. Yeah, I think Christian Gonzalez is up to six three, but one ninety seven. So I mean, yeah, he's a little bit bigger and longer. But I, you know, I think and and you highlight you highlighted that in your piece too, Dan, with Witherspoon, specifically the play that he made against Indiana, where he is in cover two, and he's you know he's reading the play, he reads a screen, he comes up and just pounds the running back uh, as soon as the ball gets there and timed it up perfectly where it was a legal hit. Um, He's an exciting player. I just find it, 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 you don't, 
you don't read too many draft profiles where the problem is he can't keep the weight on. Like it's you know usually it's the opposite. Like there's weight concerns because you know is he going to stay in shape? Is conditioning going to be an issue? And in this case, it's like <laughs> you did such a great job of. I mean, tell us the the wing stop story with with uh, Aaron Henry, the cornerbacks coach, because like they're literally having to bring him in and like pound wings into his body so he can keep the weight up. Yeah, well, you know, he's always been a, a big eater, but he's just one of these guys whose metabolism is like a hummingbird's and he doesn't keep the weight on. And uh, so when he was at Illinois, this became a real point of emphasis at some point because they said, well, we want to keep you healthy. And in order to stay healthy, you need a little more bulk. And I think that's probably going to be an emphasis in the NFL as well, especially with the longer season, because, you know, you wonder, you see a lot of guys start to wither, guys like him through the course of an NFL season. Sometimes it's hard to hold the weight that you put on in the offseason. So anyway, at, at Illinois, uh, at some point, he kind of changed his diet a little bit, became more serious about eating and started to eat more scientifically, you know, the, the foods that are supposed to make you bulky and, and not fat, obviously. Um, but, but one of the things that Aaron Henry, who, uh, as you mentioned, was his cornerbacks coach and then became the, de- the defensive coordinator last year, he noticed that that uh, Devin loved chicken wings. And he also knew that every night he would come into the facility after everything settled down and watch tape. So what he did is he would go to Wingstop uh, on those days and get, get a big platter of chicken wings, up to 75 chicken wings, bring them in, put them in the film room. And he knew that if he came in that film room, Devin would be sitting there with a big plate of, of wings and devouring them. So, and that would, that was one of the things that probably that, that helped him maintain his weight last season. Must be a nice problem to have, right? <laughs> <laughs> Especially as you get older, just eat to maintain. Um, was it John Fox who always used to say that oh, these guys just get bigger, you know, when they get to the NFL, right? Like, didn't he have that philosophy? Like they'll just eat and, and work out. We'll get them bigger. I forget. They're all running together. Um, he was part of a great secondary though for Illinois. I'm curious, what did you hear about some of the other guys like Quan Martin? Well, you know, I, I think he's a he's a solid prospect too. He's he's probably not considered in the same category as Witherspoon, who is likely to be the the top cornerback taken, and and or could be anyway, could be the top cornerback taken. Probably is a top 15 pick uh, in any event. Uh, uh, but you know he's he's a good player too, and it, it's interesting because they've they've had a run of really good players in the secondary. They've got uh, Kirby Joseph, of course, is on the uh, Detroit Lions, and what's interesting there is there's been some speculation that the Lions could be a good match for Witherspoon because they probably need a cornerback. Uh, of course, some people would draw the line between the Bears and and uh, Witherspoon as well because um, they certainly could use a cornerback, even though. They drafted one last year in the second round. So, um, but I think Illinois has has uh, done a good job with the with the secondary and has obviously uh, got some prospects there. We before we brought you in, we were talking about uh, Mike Sando's piece on what some of the executives have had to say about the Bears offseason, and, and he covered all the teams, but specifically. Uh, on the Bears, what we haven't had a chance to talk to you though. I mean, what did you make of the the big trade back to number nine, and um, just this idea that the Bears have a plan that they're sticking to right now? 
Yeah, well, it was a, a no-brainer deal. I mean, I don't see how you can't like what the Bears did. And, uh, you know, they were fortunate that they were in a position where there's some quarterbacks there uh, that multiple teams were vying for. Uh, so they were able to drive up the price a little bit. And, um, you know, as, as Ryan Pohl said in, in Adam's story with Kevin Fishbane and Joe Person, you know, the fact that they were able to get the veteran wide receiver who's a proven player, you know, in addition to those draft picks really made it, uh, uh, I think, uh, an excellent deal for the Bears. Um, but, you know, it's only going to be looked upon as an excellent deal if they go out and hit on those draft picks now. That's that's the hard part. And that's what's really important moving forward that uh, not only this year, but in the coming years with those draft picks, if they cash in and, uh, you know, they, they've got a, a, a good chance this year to add a really good player or to trade down again and uh, make more selections out of the, the ninth pick in the draft. But I think, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're really positioned well and that's all you can judge them by at this point is that they've done a good job of positioning themselves. What are you hearing about maybe some of the strengths and weaknesses of this draft? I remember in the past you used to, to do stories like that. I'm just curious, like, what do you think the, the Bears can afford to wait in, in terms of certain positions? Well, you know, I think um, you're always balancing, like, what your needs are in terms of, um, you know, if you miss a guy, can you can you get that guy later or not? And, um, you know, when you look at what they've done in free agency, I think, um, you know, you, you see two areas that are glaring for them that they really have not addressed as much as I probably feel that they need to address. And that's both lines. And, you know, the best place to get those kinds of players, offensive linemen, pass rushers, defensive tackles, is high in the draft. So to me, you know, that's what I'd be focusing on if I were the Bears. Now, that's not to say that you pass up a great player who falls down if he's more highly rated, way way more highly rated than the linemen who are available. But I think that's got to be their focus. Um, you know, uh, I, I think some of the other positions probably can wait. You know, certainly there, there are a number of good cornerbacks. Uh, they address the linebacker position pretty well in free agency. Um, you know, other than that, I don't think there's a, a position that you'd say, well, it's a glaring need that you have to take high. You know, you could always get running backs later. Uh, you, you could get a tight end later. You could get another wide receiver later. Uh, but I think some of those, those positions, the premium positions for the Bears are offensive line, especially offensive tackle, pass rusher, defensive tackle. That's why I, I, I'm – Dan, I know I'm fascinated going into this draft because I, I feel like in both the draft and free agency, granted, it's still a small sample size. Ryan Poles hasn't been here that long, but he really does seem to stick to that best player available approach. I mean, that's, I think, a big reason why they went out and spent the money on Tremaine Edmonds, even though they had glaring needs at other positions. And I think that's going to be tested at times in this draft. Because they, they might be sitting there uh, and maybe it's Devon Witherspoon who's sitting there number nine and is the best player available. But, man, they really need a tackle or really they need a three technique. And I just I, I'm 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 interested to see how 
much they stick to that. And I have a feeling I think they will because I think everything, every vibe, and I don't know what you heard last week in Arizona, um, every vibe is that they're they're sticking to this, and this is as much about 2024 as it is 2023. Well, I think it's smart, really. You know, if you look at the best teams, that's how they draft. They don't bend to meet a need uh, when, you know, the the uh, talent is obviously better at one position than it is at the position of need. But I think, you know, really what you usually see is teams kind of skew their draft board a little bit so that the needs match the talent that's available. I mean, that's everybody does that and everybody it's kind of the little secret that every team keeps, you know, that, um, and it's, it's sometimes it's maybe not even conscious, but right. subconscious, you know, you, you are looking more at players of positions of need and you say, well, um, you know, I really love this guy. And it's easy to make an argument for a player who's a need player over a player who's not, and, and even when you're trying to just evaluate pure talent. But, you know, you mentioned like Devin Witherspoon at nine. Um, I, again, cornerback, I think, is a position where you could say they have a need. Mm-hmm. So, and there aren't really many positions where you could absolutely say, this is not a need. We, we would not take a player here. Um, and if there is, you know, if, if that's a situation, you end up at nine and there's just, there's a the player who falls, say he's a quarterback and you know you're not going to take a quarterback, then maybe you look to trade down again. Dan, for someone who covered Brian Urlacher's career, Lance Briggs too, and I know you're very high in Roquan Smith. You mentioned the Bears spending in free agency. What do you make of their their splash? Tremaine Edmonds and I guess TJ Edwards bringing another local kid home. Yeah, I mean, again, it's hard not to like it, you know, uh, I think it would have been better to retain Roquan myself, uh, pay him a little bit more. But, you know, that's one under the bridge now. Uh, I think uh, Edmonds is an interesting player uh, who probably has more potential to develop than than he's shown before. He's still a really young guy. And I'm interested to see how he does in Matt Eberflus's defensive scheme. Um, you know, T.J. Edwards really came into his own last year, was highly productive, you know, they're, they're so much better at that position than they were at the end of last season. Absolutely. You know, after Roquan was traded. Um, so, I mean, I, I think uh, it's progress and uh, you have to laud what they did. Dan, last question for you. Give us your favorite Peter Skronsky soccer story. Because when I hear, when I, when I read your story and, I, and I, like, I picture this, like I remember coaching big kids before in soccer and then like that kid's the one that's laying in the dirt. <laughs> you know, he's, he wants nothing to do with it. He's playing in the sand. He's, you know, playing with the mud. So what's your Peter Skronsky soccer story? Well, he was he was so big that we put him on defense because he was hard to get around and he could move, you know. And the interesting thing about him was that um, you could put him, if, if you just played two defenders, you could put him uh, on the right side or the left side. So he had the ability you know, to kind of some kids, you could say, oh, he can only play on the side where his dominant foot is going to be in play. But Peter could play at either side. And, um, you know, he will he we taught we had a laugh about this uh, when I visited him. Uh, he talked about the time when uh, there, there was a corner kick by the opponent. And, you know, Peter's a great guy to have 
on corner kicks because again, the, the big body is hard to get around. And uh, he will tell you that he uh, the kick went up and he kind of went to the wrong spot and a goal went in and it was against uh, the, the kid and goal who was one of Peter's best friends. And uh, Peter kind of never got over allowing this goal to the kid, but that's, that's Peter. You know, he would, he would tell you about a story where he didn't do something right. And he would never talk about something that he did right, which was 99% of the time. He's a very humble kid. So what I heard in all that is that Peter Skaronsky can move the right tackle with no problem whatsoever. <laughs> he can play both sides. It won't be an issue if, if you know, he, he he could start for the Bears week one at right tackle if they want to keep Braxton Jones on the left side. That's what I got out of that. You got it right. I believe <laughs> it. I believe it. Dan, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, as always, we hope everybody checks out your your amazing feature stories. One of the best in the business. Make sure you're following them on Twitter at Dan Pompey. Thanks so much, Dan. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks, Dan. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box Watching the game later with your friends, maybe get a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. 
Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. All right, good stuff with Dan Pompey. Just got a, he's got a way of pulling out those little, those little stories, like the wing stop thing with Devin Witherspoon, which I really enjoyed. So well, and the Skronsky one is special to him because it's uh yeah the anecdotes are personal, right? Yeah. So if you didn't see that, because that came out, I want to say in late February, I'd say go back and check it out for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still cracking up my my own self because I've coached. You know, so I, yeah. I got three sons, right? You, you walk out to the soccer field. Oh, this is our team. You know, you get the one huge kid. Like, all right, you know, this this is gonna be fun. You know, we can, we're gonna move the ball, and then he just stinks. <laughs> it's, it's, I I sound like a jerk, total jerk. But you know what? All the dads listening, all the moms listening oh, yeah. right now who have coached sports, and you you try to size up the kids on your team. You know, because you want to be successful. It's you know, it's all about learning. I get it, especially at a young age. But you want to. Move the ball. <laughs> right. See, my son is the, uh, he definitely likes baseball and golf more. And I don't even know if he's going to, and, and probably basketball too. I don't know if he's going to play soccer this year, but he's the kid that just, he doesn't sit around and play in the grass. He's constantly moving. He just has no idea where he's going. He's just kind of flowing with the ball. Like the ball goes that way. He just sort of goes that way. And he's just yeah, sort of. No, I, I know what you're talking about. It's so he's getting his who, exercise in. It's great. But he, he really has no desire to actually go get the ball or make a play. He's just sort of moving with everybody else. He runs with the motions of the ball. Yeah. Right. Hey, I know what you're saying. Um, my son, Marty. He was a problem on the soccer field. Uh, he wants to play again, but he was tackling of, people. Yes, youngest of three, <laughs> and like just unnecessarily violent for like a four-year-old. <laughs> for a four-year-old, he's probably listening to me right now, like and, and annoyed um, somewhere in the, in the other room, in the living room. He's getting there, red but, cards. They don't even have like, red like cards. Like the kids would be like, like. On top, you know, like you watch this kid's soccer game, and there's there's like three or four kids like vying for the ball, and they're kicking it within like a an inch circle of each other because they can't get it up through their feet. He would come oh, yeah. in and just like, whoosh, like, like, like I don't know, like, like he's Macho Man Randy Savage, like running through there, spreads him with his arms, kicks the ball out, and he's off. But yeah, unnecessarily violent. That was son three. <laughs> That's awesome. Son three, unnecessarily violent. <laughs> yes. Still to this. That's day, on his scouting report now. Yeah, I like it. Um, you could say that about De- Devin Witherspoon too. No, that's necessarily violent. Yeah, that's true. It's not a necess- necessity. Necessity. He's, yes. I, I'm. I, I'll be honest. Like I'm just starting to get into the corners a little bit more. Um, so I was the good timing with Pompey's story coming out. I he's sort of like the Bryce Young of cornerbacks, right? Because it's like. Does everything right, exactly what you want for him. Plays with instincts. You know, when he's out there, you can trust him. But is he gonna hold up at the NFL level? Like, does he have the body type to withstand the violence at the next level? And and I don't I don't know. I mean, I I certainly wouldn't blame a team if they're just like, uh, is he gonna be healthy? But then again, like as Dan pointed out in his story, he only had one real injury in college. Despite the size, but it's much different, obviously, going from the Big Ten to the NFL in terms of the, the collisions and withstanding the the pounding, and, and there's more games that, that you play throughout the season. 
My favorite bear scenario that is not discussed enough, I think, is what if they take a cornerback at number nine? Mm-hmm. What if Gonzalez is there? What if Witherspoon is there? And you yep. like him that much better than these offensive tackles. Ryan Poles himself has called cornerback a premium position. He said it. He said it over other positions. Yeah. And they need I, they I still think it's a big weakness that I don't know if the reaction like the Bears fans reaction I think there'd be some shock because of the offensive lineman there. Yeah, but they would have suddenly have a really good secondary and really good linebackers to go and and yes, there's still questions on the D-line and that's probably what makes it all go, but maybe you still find that guy in the second round. By the way, I did the math wrong earlier. So when I I misspoke and said Christian Gonzalez is 6-3, he's not 6-3, 6-1 basically almost 6-1 and a half, but still has uh um um let's see here. Wingspan is 76.8 inches and Witherspoon is 73. So yeah, he's got a little bit more length than Witherspoon does. But what's his wingspan when it comes to putting wings in the body? Uh, you know, I Those think this the is fun facts we need Dan Pompey to get up. I know. Well, it's slacking on the uh, Brugler top 100 I'm looking at right now with this information. I don't see that metric included. Wingspan. How Real many wings? Wingspan. How many wings can you eat? That should be that should be a combine measurement, in my opinion. Dan should have taken uh, Peter Skronsky to Buffalo Joe's in Evanston. I'm sure Peter Skronsky's been there a few times and see yep. how many. We'll see what his wingspan is. For, you know, Lyman. That, that's at least um, if if I got the the order right here, that's at least two double orders of spicy, two cheddar chips, and a mega gut RC. Like I feel like that's Peter Skronsky's order at Buff Joe's. Wow. Evanston. Now I'm hungry. I don't know. I was going to say, now I need to order some wings and watch the Masters. <laughs> yeah. But you and I aren't processing it like we used to. We're not big guys. I, I think we've both been blessed with good metabolisms, but I don't know if yeah. we have Witherspoon-like metabolism. No, I told this story on uh, on CHGO. Um, what event was it? But recently I had to put, because I don't wear suits anymore, really. Oh, that's what it was. I filled in on WGN like last month for, for Pat Tom Sula. It was really like the first time in a a year I've had to put a suit on <laughs> and uh, the old pants and uh, pull on it a little bit to get the button to snap. <laughs> like what's going on here? Yeah. Too much too goose many, Island too, or something. Too many wing stops for you. Yeah. Never dealt with this in my life. So I don't know. It's at some point for Witherspoon, it's going to become an issue, but he's still only 22 years old. So I think he's got some time. Um, very intriguing player. And uh, I, we didn't even talk about Joey Porter Jr. I I loved watching Joey Porter Jr. play too at Penn yeah. State. I mean, there's some there's three good players there. See, you know what this keeps coming back to? It keeps coming back to trading back. Like just in my own evaluations, I feel very confident if the Bears move back five, six, even seven spots, they would still land one of these players that I still really really like. Like a Darnell Wright? Yeah. So he's... We talked about him yesterday. He's... um. Let me bring up his... Will Anderson at the Combine called him the toughest player he faced. Yes. And that that was his best tape. And that matters that that was against Will Anderson. Um, So he here's a couple things from doing some research and watching some of his film. 
He does not have a lot of experience in the Bears' zone-based scheme. So that's one thing. Um, however, I, th- I still think he's athletic enough to do it if he's playing right tackle. I think he probably is a right tackle at the next level. And um, he, I don't know, he's sort of a one-year wonder at Tennessee. That's not like the one, he was very recruited. He was highly recruited. He was like a top 10 recruit coming out of high school. And then it didn't, he didn't do that well. Left tackle, they moved him to the right last year and he played a lot better. So maybe that's a sign that he'll, he'll figure it all out. But um, I like him. I don't love him. I, I don't, I don't think I love him in the first round. And I don't think he's going to last to the second. I, I think he goes in the first round. Yeah. Offensive tackles always move up the team's boards because, well, like Dan said, it's a premium position and the best place to get them Starters, first two rounds. Yeah. And the hit rate is usually pretty good as opposed to other positions. Yeah. Uh, we have some video on him uh, against Will Anderson on our CHGO draft board, if you haven't checked that out yet, for CHGO diehards. We got so what I'm working on all week. It's been a week, but it's all good stuff. Um, Quickly, before we go, hold on. Let me pull this up real quick. Yeah. Uh, it's got it's loading. Loading. Hold on. Dane has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight offensive tackles in his top one hundred. Yeah. And one, two, three, half of them have first round grades. Well, he's got right at twenty four. Right. 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 Matthew Bergeron is a name I keep an eye on, by the way. For the Bears in the second round. The Cuse? Just throwing it out there. Syracuse. Athletic. Mean. Uh, Probably a guard, right? Maybe tackle. Okay. Yeah, he I saw he was at the senior bowl. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think he was. So all right. Um interesting. A Syracuse offensive lineman. You gonna miss me next week? Not really, because uh, <laughs> that was like that was a fast answer. No. Uh, only Someone on Twitter I, asked us to explain our, our our soundboard. That was Mike Glennon. Yeah, that was Mike Glennon. No. Okay, so actually, I saw that tweet and I was gonna respond to it, but I was losing my mind. We talked about doing that as like a off-season episode where we go through the soundboard. Did we ever do that last year? No, no, not we in, never not, did. Not in depth. Maybe this okay. year we should. Okay, because I like that idea as like a mid, you know, June or July episode when things really slow down. I think it's a good idea. So I okay. think we should put that on the schedule. I like it on the schedule for next week. Why I'm not going to miss you at least on Tuesday's episode. I'll probably miss you on Thursday when Kevin's here. <laughs> Um, Herb Howard is going to co-host on Tuesday. Love it. I'm really excited about it. And I didn't even know this. You guys handle this, but Dane Brugler is coming on. Yes. So we're going to have Herb Howard, who's awesome and really knows football. And if you're not familiar with Herb, you should be. That's why we're going to have him come in. He's really entertaining uh, from It's the Bigs and um, ask great questions at House Hall. So, I'm really excited about that. And then Dane Brugler is going to come on, and I think at that point the Beast will be out. Do we know that for that sure? That is correct. It should be out okay. on Monday. Okay, so the Beast is coming out Monday, and Dane's joining us Tuesday with Herb Howard. 
So honestly, you should probably cancel your vacation and join us. It's going to be a beast of the show. I'll watch on YouTube. I'm not canceling my vacation, though. <laughs> what part of the uh, the world are you going? The mountains. The mountains. I'll tell I you love about that. it when we get back. Yes. I love the that. mountains. Well, that's why I asked. I didn't ask for any specific place. Just the mountains. I'm a secretive guy. I know. I'm. With, that's why I asked the way I did. I like that. So find John's in the mountains somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Some mountain. That narrows it down. All righty. Uh, fun episode with Dan Pompey. And um, really appreciate his time. Make sure you go read, even though we talked about it, make sure you go read uh, his profiles on Peter Skronsky and Devon Weatherspoon and really everything else he writes because it's incredible as always. Um, all right. We're out of here. Johnsy's going on vacation. Enjoy your trip. Thanks, man. Um, well-deserved time off for you. When you get back, we'll be in full draft mode. Uh, I also want to mention, if any of our Hogan Johns listeners want to come out, we are having a huge draft party for CHGO at Joe's on Weed on both uh, Thursday and Friday for the draft. It's going to be huge. We're doing our live shows from there. And um, if you want to come out and join us, please do. The tickets are on sale right now at allchgo.com. And for CHGO diehards, you get a big discount. So, um, and this includes a drink package. Wings? Pre- premium drinks. No wings. I mean, you can, you can get wings, but that's okay. not included. But all your drinks are, all your Goose Island, all your you uh, premium drinks, it's all included. So it's a great deal, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. It's both Thursday and Friday, so if any Hogan Johns listeners want to come out, please do, because we will be uh, celebrating the draft and having fun for both of those nights. I can't wait. We're getting there. I'm I'm officially in excitement mode for the draft. For draft, yeah. For the draft, it gets this is where it gets long winded a bit. A little bit, but I still have so much work to do that it's been entertaining. The Bears had a round of they're still continuing to today top thirty visits. More next week. Yeah, it's getting there. And then they'll finalize everything probably a week or two out of the draft, but it's sneaking up on us. So, all right, Johnsy's out. Have fun on your vacation, and uh, we'll be back next week. Two more episodes while he's gone, Tuesday and Thursday. Really excited for Tuesday with Herb Howard and Dane Brugler jumping on the show. We will talk to you then. See ya. F- the Packers, f- Green Bay, f- Aaron Rodgers, go Bears.